0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you. Well, it's great to be in church, hey? While we're worshipping, the words came echoing very strongly to me, and the Word of the Lord came again. He spoke that to the prophets. He spoke it to many people. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, and the Word of the Lord has come again to you. Maybe you've struggled to keep believing or maybe you've pulled back. But today, the Bible says the Word of the Lord has come to you again to remind you of the dream or the promise He's given you. The dream for freedom. The Word of the Lord has come to us as a church to not let go of what He's promised us. The Word of the Lord comes again to our nation to believe for what God has purposed for us will not fall to the ground. The Word of the Lord comes again to you that He will provide. The Word of the Lord comes to you today that He accepts you and the devil has lied to you that you're not good enough. And the Spirit of God's calling you today saying it's come again. Respond receive in Jesus' Name. If that Word speaks to your heart, just reach up to heaven right now. Just reach up and say, that's me. That's me. Lord, I've come. I'm coming back. I'm I'm responding today. Lord, I just pray right now, that prophetic Word will burn in people's hearts. Lord, that You are calling us to respond, to arise. And the Word of the Lord has come again, that You are my follower. The Word of the Lord has come again that you will be successful. The Word of the Lord has come again that I will forgive and restore your soul. We thank you for that today in the name of Jesus. Everyone shouted? Amen. Let's take our seats. Wow, God is good. Wow, that was a great story, Peter, about the fish. That's amazing, isn't it? Woo! Last week we shared about stand and build and uh, started to remind us of how amazingly generous our God is and how He's called us to be givers and receivers. And I want to pick that up again today because we need to understand that God is our provider and we serve the God of more than enough. For too many years, some of us have served the God of just enough or many of us have served the God of not enough. We thought, God, we're always in need. We just don't ever have enough. But I want to encourage you that we have served a God who is the God of more than enough. That's the attitude. That's the mindset he wants us to have. No matter what your past has been, let me tell you, God is the God of more than enough. And it's interesting to note that when we talk about giving and generosity, some people say, oh, the church is talking about money again. Did you know... Jesus spoke 215 words on faith, 218 on salvation, 2,058 on money and possessions. Ten times more because he knows that's where we live every day. And what we do with our money and possessions and our material things determines where our heart is. And I've seen people that have wanted to follow Jesus but they're in so much debt that they let depression overrule their hearts and they walk away from believing in God. I thought, how sad's that? Who says money doesn't talk? Talks to me sometimes, says, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened to you. <laughs> or it talks to us and says, I've got you and I'm gonna control you for the rest of your life. Hey, God wants us to be in charge of our money and not it in charge of our hearts. God's plan is to have money to serve us, not for us to serve money or possessions. 2 Corinthians 9.6, I mentioned this last week, I want to pick it up from here again. Here's my point, a stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Wow, that's an interesting word to put it. He loves a cheerful giver. Well, the word means hilarious or over the top, it's the best thing. That's why you feel so good when you sow into and give your tithes and offerings or give to missions or sow into a chaplain. There's something, you feed the poor, you feel something good because that's how God's made us to be givers and sharers of what we have. And it says, um, let it flow from your heart. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so you'll have more than enough of everything. Every moment and in every way, He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Wow, God's a God of overflow, of abundance. And yes, there are testing times. Yeah, there are times where you've got to pray in the next meal. There are times where you just got to hang on and believe God's promise. But God doesn't want us to live there all of our lives. He wants us to know that He's a God of overflow and abundance. Just as the Scriptures say about the one who trusts Him, because He has sown extravagantly, And given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. Wow, God sees our heart, our motive, and what we do. The disgenerous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which become bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Did you read that? Every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Wow, so what we do with our resources can actually give great praise to God. Miracles of healing bring praise to God. Transformed lives bring praise to God. But when, you, when we use our resources and opportunities and finance... For the kingdom of God, to help people, it brings praise to our God. And uh, God wants us to be fruitful and have an abundance for every good work. Money. We're all disempowered if we don't have enough. We are distracted if we don't have enough. We become dominated by the control of it. If we're not intentional about our money and resources, it will disempower, distract or dominate us. And God doesn't want any of us to live like that. He wants us to live in freedom. Whether you've got little or it's not how much you have, it's what you do with what you've got. And I've heard people say, when I get rich, then I'm going to give lots of uh, money to the poor and to the church. Hey, if you're not doing it now with little, you're not going to do it with much because it's got control of your heart. So we share what we have. And I remember uh, Pastor Paul DeYoung, we did a series a while ago, God, Money, and Me, several years ago. And he listed some of the myths that we have about money. I'll run through them. Money is not something we should focus on. That's a myth. So we shouldn't talk about that. Well, Jesus did 10 times more of it than than, uh, salvation and faith. He understood that that's where we live. 1 Chronicles 29.12 says, Wealth and honour come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. God wants to bless us. He's our provider. Second myth is God's blessings are not material. It's just in the spiritual realm with peace and joy and freedom. Well, Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I know lots of fishermen would love to take a hold of that, rule over the fish of the sea, but boy, they don't jump into my boat. God's called us to be fruitful and multiply, and that's in every way with generations of people. It's in our ministries to multiply. God's into not just addition but multiplication in your business. If God's giving you a dream for a business or a professional career or creating things. God doesn't want it just to stay small and not influential. He wants it to grow and increase so that you can be a blessing and give praise to our God. And uh, prosperity is a biblical truth. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, And God is able to make all grace, every favour and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Do you get enough of every's and all's and overflows in that verse? Wow, that's what I'm saying. God's the God of more than enough and some of us have had been raised with a lack or a poverty mentality and we've got to see that break. Jesus causes us to arise. And I remember Dr. Yonggi Cho who led the largest church in the modern world of over 800,000 people. He got saved when he was tuberculosis and dying on a, on a, when he was a young person, got saved and were actually healed. God raised him up to start a church in the slums. They had nothing, but he said the word of the Lord came that God will bless and prosper everyone that we preach the gospel to and will prosper our nation. In 1900, there was less than 1% Christian in, in South Korea. By the end of that century, there were 40% of the nation were followers of Jesus. And Yong-i Cho and other missionaries were the ones who just believed that God's Word. And that place was in poverty. And then he was saying, I read in his book, he said, We have hundreds of million heirs now in our church blessing and finance the gospel all over the world just because we believe that God's the God of more than enough. Let me tell you, we can limit God so much by our lack of faith or our small thinking. And God wants us to be open to whatever he's called you to be and do. does Not not all of us, he's going to bless with lots of money because most of us wouldn't know how to handle it. But if we grow in faith, step by step, he will release provision and overflow. Don't put limits on God when it comes to influence and finances and resources. Just be faithful what God's given us. Psalm 25, 12 says, Who are they that live in the holy fear of God? You will show them the right path to take. Their pros- then prosperity and favour will be their portion and their descendants will inherit all that is good. Wow, what a great promise that is. Inheritance for the generations. Proverbs eleven ten 10 says, The blessing that rests on the righteous releases strength and favour to the entire city but shouts of joy... Will be heard from when the wicked one dies. The blessing of having rest, of favor resting upon the righteous, influences the city to lift it higher, but wicked leaders tear it apart by their words. Hey, when God blesses businessmen and women, when He blesses individuals that serve God and work hard, there's favor comes on the whole city. And God wants us to see that. God wants us to prosper, not only for our freedom, but for the freedom of others. Proverbs 10.22, The blessings of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Uh, we'll take that blessing, hey? We work hard, but God blesses us. Myth three is, my money response is a private affair. Oh, well, you shouldn't talk about money publicly. It's about just what you do with it in private. And someone's been taught that. The Bible says, in Matthew 6.4, Jesus said, Give secretly and your father who sees all you do will reward you openly. He's not ashamed of it. He actually sat and watched how much people put in the offering and he called out the widow who put in two little coins because that was, she was more generous because she had hardly anything. Jesus was sitting at the offering checking out how many much people put in. You think, hey, that's not about being secret. God doesn't do, do stuff to embarrass us but he wants us to lift. He doesn't want us locked down with negative small thinking don't do things to be seen, but if you are generous to God, He will bless you and it will touch other people's lives and He wants us to flow in His blessing and what we do every day determines the fruit of our lives. Money doesn't change you, it unmasks you. Wow, it unmasks your heart, whether we're generous, faithful or we just hold on Myth four, but the Bible teaches money is evil. You ever heard people say that? Oh, the church is just after your money. Money's evil. Well, the devil knows the Bible, but he doesn't know the whole Bible because he's misquoted it. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money itself, it's the love of it is the root of all. Some people eager for money have wandered from the path and pierced themselves with many griefs. So if someone's a Christian and they're blessed and prosperous, don't tear them down. Say, God bless you for living it out and just pray blessing on them so that they can be a great blessing for others. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had 10 business people in this city were so blessed that they could all pay for a chaplain for five days a week in in all of our schools? Wouldn't that be awesome? So we need to have people that are so blessed, they got spare. It's not even a sacrifice for them. They can just support chaplains and they can help us to buy the transformations property and they can help build our uh, church and our bayside care house. Hey, it's not wrong to be blessed. I'm amazed. I read through the Bible. Abraham was so blessed. Isaac was so blessed. David, when he helped build the temple, he had 34,000 tons of silver. He had thousands of metric tons of gold that he gave out of his surplus. And we think, wow, where did this whole poverty thing come from? Certainly not from God. This is where some people get it say, well, Jesus modeled scarcity. He never had his own home, didn't build his own temple. Listen to this verse 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for our sake so that by his poverty, we could become rich beyond measure. Now that's spiritual and financial. Wow, we sometimes forget Jesus deliberately chose not to entangle himself with a home because he was an itinerant preacher and he wanted to teach people But there were some very wealthy people followed him and paid for all the bills. You read the Gospels, and and God raises up people to be givers, to be generous, and we've got some very wrong mindsets that have happened in church life about um, poverty. It's not a God thing. Let me tell you, unless for a season He chooses to get you to sacrifice, and there are many cases where to not get entangled with those things, but many times He wants us to be blessed and overflowing for the glory of our God. Another myth is God doesn't. God's kingdom doesn't need money. Let me tell you, the, the gospel is free, but it costs money to deliver it. That's just the reality. Do you serve the God of more than enough? God of just enough or the God of not enough? Myth seven, it will be different if I had more. What we do with a small amount sets the pattern that we'll do when we have a lot more money. That's why when you first get your first salary, it's really important you start honoring God with tithes and offerings. God tested me when I was first um, working in the bank and I've shared that story many times how God challenged me. Tithe, because my mum and dad tithed whether they had lots of money or not and we had six kids, we grew a lot of our own food but there were times where we had next to no money. I remember dad and mum, they'd pray and somehow they'd pay the bills and uh, God would help us, but there were other times when there was overflow and I had to learn to move from a small mind mentality to that God's the provider of everything. We pastored a church on the Sunshine Coast for nearly 12 years, which is now Calvary, a huge church. We were there in the early stage of that church and saw God do amazing things. Then one day God spoke to us and said, I want you to have a rest. We had, we'd been 16 years in full-time ministry, had three kid, teenage young people. The Lord said, I want you to have a rest. I said, okay, Lord. So we gave three months' notice. And then Marilyn and I tried to get work. And I only got some casual work. And Marilyn was had to go back and retrain to be a doctor's reception. So for the next 12 months or so, we had not enough money for our family. We had kids in a Christian school, didn't want to take them out. And we just felt, Lord, you told us to have a rest from full-time ministry. And you'd provide. And, mate, it was a challenge. Three months in, we were looking at having to pull our kids out of the Christian school, we didn't want to, and we were just praying in enough to survive each week. One morning, I get a phone call from a businessman who I knew of, but had never met, he'd never been to our church, Merrill had sung in the Red Cross Singers with him. I think he went to the Catholic Church um, and obviously had a faith. He rang me up one morning, he says, you need help, don't you? Uh, I said, who are you? And he told gave his name, I said, I knew him, but I, I didn't, never met him personally. He said, you need help with money, don't you? He was just really blunt. <laughs> and I was a bit embarrassed, I didn't want to admit I've been a pastor for 16 years, man of faith, and here we are, we're trying to make ends meet. He said, God woke me up in a dream this morning with you and told me to provide money for you and your family. What's your greatest need? And I'm stumbling over and a bit embarrassed that it was happening. I said, well we don't want to take our kids out of the Christian school, he said, good, send me their fees for the next term. For the next two years, he paid for our school kids fees whenever we didn't have the money, he paid for new tyres on the Cade, ring me up the day our tyres need to be replaced or our rego was due. God just spoke to him and he was our provider for the next two years and we did some itinerant ministry and then when we um, got full-time work and Mary Lynn had uh, trained to be a doctor's reception, so she had part-time work and I end up with full-time work eventually, back in the bank. As soon as we had full-time work, the funding stopped. My phone calls stopped coming. And it was like the Lord said, I can provide any way I want to, just trust me and don't limit me. And it was like for two years, God taught me that He's in charge of our finance, our reason when our heart's right and we trust Him. And that was a challenging time. But we learnt to trust God and He's everyone. Many of you got stories like that. I want to encourage you, God's our provider. It was a test of our heart to see if we were going to trust Him and not get angry or upset or disappointed that He'd let us down. And God, by His grace, helped us through. And we just prayed every day and God provided. Marilyn would get up in the morning, iron my shirt in faith that the phone would ring that I'd get some work that day. So sometimes you've got to do some faith actions. And God's a very good God. So it's not, you can't say it would be different if I had more. Use what you have. And we kept tithing through that. We kept on going and traveling and preaching at churches. Sometimes they'd give us little or nothing in return. Sometimes it would be enough to cover the petrol. Other times it wasn't even enough. But we said, God, we're going to share your gospel. And if you're faithful, God will help you. Others say, if I'm stuck in debt or in need and there's no way out. Sometimes that's how we feel. Deuteronomy eight eighteen says, "But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant which He swore to you to your ancestors as it is today." God wants to remind you: He is our source. Now He will work through us as His messengers, but He's the source. So it's not your boss; it's not um, some other generous person that will provide all the time. That was we had to remind: you, God said, "I'm your source." And he supernaturally did it through someone that had never been to our church and didn't even know us very well. I thought, God, you are amazing. And so he's he's our provider. Jesus didn't advocate for all Christians to stay silent about money, but he did advocate that we have a pure heart towards it. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the waters." It sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Wow, when there is lack, you don't have to let fear rule you. Just say, God, you're our provider. You will make a way. And I believe that God's going to release abundant provision for the kingdom of God in these days. We've got to see release and He's going to do it through you and I. And through our church and others that rise up and serve a God. Money can release kingdom purposes. And uh, if you got that uh, shot of the land across the road, I shared last week, maybe you weren't here, that uh, normally in June we take a special offering for our home for the harvest. We didn't do it for two years because of COVID. And this year, God spoke to my heart and said, don't proceed with that project just yet because, as we know, getting builders, it takes months or years and it's a real challenge to get tradesmen and everything and he said just leave that on hold for a moment we'll keep putting money aside but across the road we're going to develop the land that we bought 10 years ago and the Bayside Care House as you were aware got the signs up is we've been renting it off a businessman it's being sold because he's retired and so we're looking to build a, a Bayside Care facility um with uh some rooms there, that's our proposed room with three offices for counselling and prayer and ministry and a meeting training room in the middle. It's basically two six by three uh, dongers or demountables we put together and uh, that's way cheaper, about a quarter the price of what it would be to buy that house. And so we're looking to do that and uh, have those facilities there and we got but breakthrough prayer happens over there, and dozens of people get ministered to, and and counseling, and and different groups. And we want to multiply that in time. So that's a project we want to do. If you go back to the other uh, screen, and uh, of the whole land, and in time, we want to uh, build a men's shed. A, bigger men's shed that we can do all sorts of gear with men and training and work for the dole and all things and we're going to build some storage lock-up units up the back that can generate income so people from the church and others can put their spare furniture and stuff instead of paying hundred dollars a month down at uh, storage one or whatever you can put it in here and the profits come back to bless the church and help provide for that and it's a it's an economical way to bless people but also to, to, to generate finance and uh, so we've looked at some uh, figures there and uh, it'll uh, cost us about 120000 There's a brochure on your seats and with some info, please take that home with you and share one per family and it gives you an, about $120,000 it will cost to do the Bayside Care facilities and uh, about 50000 or so to build the first lot of sheds and start renting them out and we, we want to proceed with that. So on uh, the 12th of June... Instead of a home for the harvest offering, we're going to have a, a special offering towards that facility so we can get started. And uh, we'll believe God to provide, and uh, we want to invest in that. Too. COVID has so many people in the need community with needs, so we need more Christian counselling. We need more prayer ministry. We need some uh, uh, money budgeting courses. We need parenting and divorce recovery and all these sorts of courses. We've done some of them in the past. We want to just ramp that up and have people re helping people in need and we can rent out some of those rooms to other counsellors who might come in and uh, rent the rooms and uh, that's what we feel in our heart to do. So we want to throw it out there as a special project and uh, on the 12th of June we'll have a special offering or any time in June you can put it into our account and we're going to believe that God's going to provide tens of thousands of dollars to get that going. If necessary we'll just borrow some money short term and pay it off because We pay $240 a week on that house rent. Once that's sold, we can then put that towards um, there. So we believe that God's going to help us. I think that's an exciting project that we can just bless our community. It's a manageable step of faith until we're ready to take the bigger leap of faith and build a new facility here that will be in the millions of dollars. This is a good step of faith for us to provide and see us go. So we want to encourage you to buy into that. It's an exciting project that we can... uh, jump into for the kingdom of God. Because I've learned, if you don't have some faith projects, we just get very selfish with our money. We end up just using it, but God regularly puts a challenge on us. When I go to Pastor Abram in India, mate, when he preaches to his people, they've got next to nothing. But he's raised up schools and church buildings and orphanages and everything. And people come in the rural areas, they come and tithe their uh, bowl of rice. They don't have cash, a lot of them. They bring along a few... uh, um, vegetables that they've grown and they tie it and that feeds the pastor for the next week so he can evangelize and plant another church and I thought mate they just go for it. He teaches them from the day they're born again that God's in charge of every part of our lives and let's honor him and you see them then eventually they buy a bike and then they end up starting a repair business down the road and become successful business people and they started five years before with nothing because they've learned to just honor and believe in God And I thought, wow, this works anywhere in our lives. Matthew 6.19. We'll just finish this um, today. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Also, Let's say that together. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where you locate your treasure, your heart will be. Money has a spirit and it's more than just a physical thing. And next time I'm I'm going to talk about the spirit of mammon and how if we don't surrender our resources and money to God that the spirit of this world of Mammon will try and control and destroy it. And I've seen that happen in so many people's lives. But when you come and... Give to God with our tithes and offerings. When you pray, blessing over it. Every time we collect the offering, my wife and I hold hands and we pray blessing over our three married children and believe for God's favour, for, for those that need a house, those that need a vehicle. Lord, we just pray prosperity and increase. We've been doing that for several years now. Every Sunday, we hold hands and we agree for blessing to overflow all of our kids and grandkids. And we're seeing it happen more and more. You've just got to be intentional about your prayer and your focus. Do we focus on all the time? No, we don't. We pray for salvation and healing and release and peace and all those things. But don't leave the finance and money out of your prayer and faith focus. God says, have it all. It's a whole of life approach. That's what God wants. And some that have had broken lives and have been through divorce and and trauma and pain and addictions... Your money and your resources just get stolen by the devil. But let me tell you, it's time to stop, let the devil steal our stuff and let's bring it under the blessing and covering of God. Let's bring it under the favour of God. Let's stop the devil stealing from our lives, from our resources, from our food, that God is our awesome provider. Worship team, come on up. I want to pray blessing on us today that money can gain a spirit called mammon when it touches my hand. Mammon is unsurrendered money that is the power to draw you away. I've seen people get rich and then they walk away from God because it controls their heart. And I've seen people that are poor and have next to nothing and they get angry at God for not meeting their need. Hey, let's be people of faith. Whether you've got little or much, use what you have for the glory of God. And I've learned just to be led by the Spirit. My wife, Marilyn's very generous, so whenever it's a birthday time for one of our kids, we say, let's buy a gift. She always wants to do more, twice what I want to do, because she's just a really generous person. And I've had to learn to become generous. And occasionally, I surprise her and said, let's double it. The key is, be led by the Spirit of God. If you're a family or married, you must be in agreement. I've seen one or two families where the husband and wife is really generous, always feeding the poor and their own kids are starving out of a sense of misguided loyalty and generosity. Hey, God wants to bless you and your family and have more than enough for others. Let's walk with wisdom. Faith and wisdom are twins. They're not distant relatives. Faith and wisdom, and when it comes to reason and finance, walk with the favour of Almighty God. Let's stand in His presence. I'll pick this up in a couple of weeks. Uh, Murray Newman's going to here. hey, don't, don't miss Pastor Murray Newman next week. He's a prophet, he's a great preacher, he's a man of faith, travels all over the world. And uh, we're going to have him here next Sunday morning, and we're going to do a special service next Sunday night at 5 o'clock. And we got the Holy Spirit encounter on Saturday. Anyone that's in leadership or in our church that wants to come, um, you can register on the uh, website or my pastor's pens that go out. We're going to have some amazing preacher, and they're going to preach on teaching us how to move in the Spirit, equipping us to be Spirit-filled believers, to pray for the sick and move in the power of God. And I encourage you to sign up and come next Saturday, um, 8.30, starting with coffee, through to about 1.30. We're going to have an amazing Amazing day and then next Sunday. But I want to pray blessing upon you. Let's close our eyes just to close out distractions. If you want God's favor and blessing on your finances, on your business, if you want to see the devil who's been robbing from you, his power broken. I want to pray a prayer of blessing and breakthrough over your life. So I've never had enough. I feel like I'm cursed. I just seem to make wrong decisions. I'm going to believe for favour and wisdom. If that you want to be part of that prayer, reach up to heaven right now. I want to pray blessing on you. God's going to restore into our lives. Come on, let's let's exercise faith. Some of you have got great faith. Others of us have still learned to trust God and resources. But right now, Father, we join our prayers together we join our faith together that you are our awesome provider Lord help us to see you as the God of more than enough thank you that you bless us with possessions, with material things so that we can be a blessing for our families and for our community Father if there's any wrong attitudes in our souls or minds regarding finances Lord we're upset with you because it hasn't come through or Lord, there's poverty or small mentality. God, break that mindset of us now. Let the Word of the Lord bring freedom and release over our lives and our finances. I pray for favour over every business person. Lord, everyone who is creative, those at work, Lord, give them promotions. Lord, let increase and favour flow so that we can be a blessing and bless our families and meet our needs and have overflow in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe for your favour. Lord, to see the Transformations property purchased. Lord, we pray for favour to see this Bayside Care House established. And Lord, your provision will overflow. Lord, we thank you for meeting the needs on the mission field with Pastor Abraham and all that we serve. For the chaplains, Lord, there'll be more than enough. Lord, I thank you for your breakthroughs today in the mighty name of Jesus. Give him a shout of praise right now. Thank you for joining us.